Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, can we open our Bibles if you have one? Psalm 97. Let us read from verse 1 to verse 9 this morning to declare the glory of the Lord. All right, one, two, let's go. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. His lightnings lit up the world. The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. Let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion heard this and was glad, and the daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of your judgments, O Lord. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. I want you to read verse 9 at least two more times. One, two, let's go. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. One more time. Our Father in heaven, we exalt your name this morning. We exalt the name of the Son. We say, Jesus, you are Lord. We said you are the Lord most high over all the earth. Lord Jesus, you are exalted far above all gods. Lord Jesus, you are exalted far above all gods. Thank you for giving yourself up for us, for giving us the right, the authority to become sons of God. Because of you, we are reconciled with the Father. Like the prodigal son, we have come back home and we are accepted. We have our full inheritance now. Thank you for giving everything for us. We worship you. We bow before you. We worship the Son of God. That's why we are Christians, those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not just doers of good works. We are people that follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. This morning we have come to receive insight, wisdom, and understanding. And we know the Lord has prepared something special for us. And we are taking it by faith. Therefore we declare as follows. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart? It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, walking in divine abundance. Let's continue looking at that. Let's open our Bibles to start today's teaching to the book of Mark. 
I'll read um, Mark chapter, I think, 8. Let me see. Yeah, we'll read about um, 12, 11 verses, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. It is believed that Mark is actually the, um, the gospel of Peter. You have Matthew, Peter, Luke, and John. <laughs> yeah, just for those who are interested in knowing some things. So, that's it. Uh, I believe that is the account of Peter that was um, written by Mark. So, we're going to read from the book of Mark, chapter 8. I'll read from verse 1. I will stop somewhere along the line. Oh, no, no. Let me start from verse 11. Sorry. We'll go to verse 1 later. We might read it now, but let's start from verse 11. We'll read about um, 11 verses. Now, from verse 11, it said, The Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Signed deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And there's a reason for that. Actually, signs do not convince those who don't want to believe. So if all God gives signs, he has to be sure that the person really has serious doubts. When I say serious now, doubts that are justified and God wants to solve. A lot of people who don't believe don't want to believe. I'll continue reading, but i just like to always say this to help, especially young people. When you go to school, people will be coming to tell you that um, you have this, uh, as if they know science. You know, I go over that again and again because a lot of young people are being confused by it. Please, don't be deceived. Those who study science well, those who know science properly, okay, they know the truth. I hope you're getting my point. And they know that what science does is to explain to you in simple terms that somebody must have made this. And we are studying his works. I hope you're getting my point. That is, you you can't know so much that at the end of the day, your conclusion is that this complicated life came out of nothing. Please, I'll take a minute or two to explain that again. Let us assume that it, does, it hasn't happened, it's not likely to happen in 10,000 years, okay? That we can build a craft and then we travel from here to one of the nearest galaxies nearby, all right? Now, that's apart from our own. Now, they are very far away. The galaxies are very far from each other. They are thousands and millions of light years Separated, okay? So let's have one of the closer ones, and we're able to leave from here and travel there. And there we'll find a solar system. And then we'll find a planet like Earth. Now listen to this carefully. And then when you get there, you see a street. What looks like a street. And houses on the left and the right. And what looks like a car. It doesn't have to be a complicated car. Maybe just a cart. Or a bicycle. Something very simple. Now let me ask you a question. Let's be realistic. And you don't find anybody. No living person. You just see rows of houses, you know, doors, windows. No furniture inside. Let's not get that complicated. Then you see bicycles, all look like bicycles beside the way. Even if they look dead, rusty, not functional. Let me ask you a simple question. What will come to your mind? Look at eh? Yeah, thank you. Somebody was here before. It will never cross a rational mind that this came to be because a planet collided with another one and fire burns them 
and the Mullah just <laughs> rearranged themselves. And next thing you know, they, they landed as houses and complicated mechanisms like a, Now, this is not as complicated as a car, just a bicycle. All right? It wouldn't cross your, your mind for half of a fraction of a second. Now, what I have described to you, hmm? it is far less complicated than the amoeba you know. You know amoeba? Amoeba is even too complicated. Bacterium. Yet, somebody will see a living rat and say it came out of nothing. You know what? They don't want to believe. That's why God doesn't give people, give people signs. Jesus can give you a sign that he's alive. But God will never give you a sign that he's there. I don't know whether you get my point. Jesus can give you a sign that he's alive because it makes sense for you not to know that Jesus is alive. It makes sense for you not to want to accept that somebody who died rose again spontaneously after three days and is alive 2,000 years later. Now, that is very logical for you not to be able to accept that. But God will never prove to anybody that he's a living God because he says the evidence is too strong around you. He will only come to you if you start asking questions. Like, where did this come from? Who made it? Who is God? Is there one God or a million? These are rational questions for people who have not been trained in Christianity or any monotheistic religion. But for you to just be walking on the road and say that two atoms collided, became three atoms, they tapped energy from somewhere, became four, and then one day they mixed themselves in a soup from nowhere and they formed DNA. And they learn how to replicate, how to correct their, um, their mistakes, because that's what the human cell does, that the, animal, the living cell, it corrects its own mistakes. Oh, if, if you learn advanced biology, eh, you, you will be angry with those who say there's no God. You learn all of these things and it gives you the conclusion that everything came out of nothing. God will never answer you. Never. You know why? You're a liar. You're deceptive. You are lying. You know the truth and you are suppressing it because of your unrighteousness. The major reason people don't believe is not because there's no evidence of God. I don't, I don't like saying that God exists. It's annoying. It, that statement, I find it offensive. I find it personally ins- that is ins- that is. How can you tell me God exists? What kind of nonsense statement is that? We should be doubt- we should, It should be a matter of discussion. We can be saying, "Where is God? Does He live in Enugu or Jerusalem?" I can understand that kind of question. I can understand it. What am I saying? When you're asking, "Who is God? Is He living amongst us, or has He abandoned us our faith? Is He one?" Or there are million persons called God. Now, these are quest, rational questions, which he will answer because he is honest. You may not know. But people will say there is no God with all the evidence there is, or there, all the pieces of evidence that there are, usually is a moral choice. You see what I said? It's a moral choice. Because once you say there is a God, instinctively, you know he has laws. You know he has rules. You know you cannot go into your neighbor's wife. Like the Bible uses the expression. You instantly know. You know you can't cheat this man of his money. Now it's instinctive. 
You suddenly realize that all your sins of your childhood, they are waiting for you in your old age. You just realize suddenly that you can't get away with things you thought you got away with. So you suppress the truth in what? Unrighteousness. So if anybody is sitting down with you and trying to tell you that there's no good, don't argue with the person. I have a classmate who likes to do that, and I always give it to him straight. I say, this is a moral, this is a moral argument. It's not a scientific one. It's not a scientific argument. It's a moral argument. Like a man like Bill Maher, one of the uh, American comedians, all right? He doesn't want to accept. He will tell you that there's nothing like karma. There's nothing like what you sow, you shall reap. There's nothing like your sins will find you out. I say, yes. He doesn't want to accept it because I've seen people, who, I have had arguments with people that you'll see when it gets to that point, you'll see the shield come up. If you have understanding that you can perceive things like that, you will see the shield rise. This guy is shielding himself, not from the truth we are preaching, but from the consequences of acknowledging that truth. He had told himself that nothing will happen, everything I've done, I've gotten away with it. Then you saying there is God, you are telling him that no. So that's one thing I used to do for one guy who does that, all right? I always add to it, I said, seek the Lord while he may be found. I always tell him. I say he's abundantly merciful. Just apologize, say sorry, and turn, and he will forgive you. You don't need to be hiding because you're afraid of the consequences of your iniquity. I said God will forgive. He's abundantly merciful. I always add it to it. Let's not sit down and be arguing. The more you advance in science and you tell me there is no God, the more I realize you have to go to hell because you're a liar. If you're a philosopher and you don't know anything, yeah, you're too stupid, so let's leave you alone. But if you can analyze molecules, especially when you've done advanced biology, you have to be a God hater and a devil lover for you to utter statements like there is no God. Because the complexity of the simple... Look, sometimes I want to just sit down there and explain to people how complex these cells in your body are. They behave as if they have a brain of their own. If you walk through the sun, and the sun penetrates through your skin and alters one strand, one segment of your DNA, then the cell will sense it immediately and lock down that cell. Yes. Instantly, it tells some molecules, wake up, wake up, wake up, we have a problem. Why? Because if your DNA is altered, if the cell divides once, that alteration has become permanent. And that's how problems begin. So God has put mechanisms in place. The cell is as if, they just say, you know the way you see it in movies, mm, mm, alarm will go off. Instantly, one particular molecule wakes up and shuts down the genome. Nobody moves here. He locks it down. No movement. The other one suddenly wake up, wake up. They come around, lock down the area that the sun just spalled and cut it to pieces. Shred it. Then get another, take the template that's already there and start producing a new one. Because there's always a template. Then when they finish, they scan it. If it's perfect, they release it. Life continues. But do you know what? Many times it fails. They know when it has failed. What's the next thing they do? They kill the whole cell. Yeah. That cell will just be killed off nicely. Just one cell. That's why you are healthy after you have lived for 40, 50, 60 years. They are working day and night. 
What I have said to you now, as simple as it is, if you read it in details, it's so complex. It's as if they are living human beings, talking to each other, scanning, going around. There are some people, what they do is just scan. Every day they are scanning. Every, day, every time your cell wants to divide, they scan to be sure there is no error. If there's an error, they kill the cell. That is how cancer starts. We don't want trouble. Yeah, because that's what leads to cancer, errors. Errors in DNA copying. Listen, when the Bible used to, you know, the Bible, they used to photocopy it the days of Paul. You know that? <laughs> there was no photocopier. <laughs> they had to copy it by hand. If you know what they will go through to ensure they don't insert one error. Because they believe that if you insert one error, you have corrupted the word of God. And the whole text of your Bible is not as complicated as a strand of DNA in one cell. That's the letters. Then somebody will tell me that this happened because something ran into something and they jammed each other. And then you brought up this complaint. No, 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 no. If you want to say that you don't believe, then God, you know, God will so punish you. Do you know why? Not for not believing in him, but for lying. They ask one man, what's happened after you die and you meet God? God will say, why didn't you believe in me? He will say, he said he will say, not enough evidence. Not enough evidence. And God will say, no, you lie. The evidence was overwhelming. You convicted people and sent them to, you sentenced them to death for less than a fraction of the evidence I've given of my power in your environment. Yet you tell me not enough evidence. So that's why God doesn't prove himself to people. Jesus is the one that has that problem. I hope I get my point. God the Father doesn't have that problem. As a creator, he doesn't have it. He said, you should seek me. You should come asking questions. I've given you too much around for you to know that somebody bigger than you is out there. But of course, Jesus has to explain that I'm not Muhammad. I'm not Buddha. I hope you're getting my point. I'm not this person. I'm not this person. This is my role in life. Yes, sometimes he has to do That's why he does miracles and stuff. But God doesn't bother. The only thing he does when you are not into it, he kills everybody. Say why? He said they are too stupid. They are too dishonest. So Jesus said, let's, compa- let's go back to reading. Why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leave them, of course, like I said, why he said that to them is that he knew that the problem was not signs. If you wanted to believe, by now you'd be obeying Moses. These were Jews. They had a covenant with God. All right? In their own situation, they had a covenant with God. He said, if you wanted to believe, by now you'll be obeying Moses. Verse 13, he said, leaving them aside, he again embarked and went away to the other side. Verse 14, and they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. Quite a number of people. And he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the living of the Pharisees and the living of Herod. Now remember, living was used in baking bread. That's yeast. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Then he quoted the scripture. Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? He said, and do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? 
He said, how many basketfuls? He said, 12. He said, then when I broke the seven, the seven loaves for 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces do you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And he was saying to them, do you not yet understand? What did he not understand? That's what I want to explain this morning. Now, why did I read this? To bring out the fact that he personally referred to the two um, miracles that in which he fed a multitude. The first one he said to them, you remember I broke five loaves for 5,000. And then you, broke, you, you took up small baskets, 12 broken pieces. Then I broke seven loaves for 4,000. And you picked seven large baskets of broken pieces. All right? That was what they picked up. And I said, if I could do that, you are telling me now that the reason why I'm complaining is because the bank account is low. Because they were traveling, and the 12 disciples would know, maybe some other people, and then Jesus Christ himself. So at least 13 people, and they had only one loaf of bread. So this, Jesus began to talk about the problem with baking, using leaven of the Pharisees. That anytime you want to, now this was what they heard. I'm not saying what he said, what they heard. When you want to buy bread, check whether the leaven was bought from the shop owned by a Pharisee. These scribes, the kind of yeast they sell, is corrupted. It's not the kind of thing you want to eat if you are going to preach. That was what they heard. So they're like, all this talk, because we didn't take enough bread. If we had bought our own bread, he wouldn't have been saying this. They were talking about them and said, John, I told you that time, go and get bread. You told me that there was no money, that Judas took the money. What are you talking about now? Look at now, the master is angry. So Jesus heard they say, you guys are really, I don't want to use some words. Okay, let me tell you, you guys are really dull. So you think I will complain about bread? You've seen what I do with bread. Now, when you hear of 5,000 or 7,000, it's men. If you go and read Matthew, you say, without counting the women and the children. Now, you know what that tells us? Now, what am I preaching today? You know, we're talking about how to walk in divine abundance. One, you, can you remember the things I said? You walk by faith. Yes, that's the one I want to amplify for that today. You follow righteousness. But you had after righteousness. And what's the third one? Be cheerful giver. Yes, I gave those three points. Now, the Holy Spirit laid this upon my heart this morning to teach on that faith matter again. Please let me go over the things I've said many times. In this life, you choose the realm you walk in. What did I say? In this life, you choose the realm you walk in. See, there, there was a reason why Jesus would get up and walk on water. You know, the other day, I... Um, and I read around a lot of things. So there's this what they call the levitating um, Buddhas. They find somewhere. Is it in India or China? I don't know. Levitating monks. I wanted to say, that's a Buddha. Yeah. Levitating monks. They are Buddhists. Okay? Levitating monks, they call them. And people have proven again and again that they are fake. And yes, it's been shown that they are fake. Most of them, they are fake. So you see a monk just sitting in the air. Floating in the air, so to speak. So one man showed, of course, I read many analyses, and saw that it was an engineering contraption. Okay, and it showed that they always had a mat under them. They always had their hands stretched out and all of that. That showed that they were sitting on something hidden by their overflowing robes. Okay. And that's what the world always tries to, you know, present as the reason behind these things. Until I read one woman's comment. Is it a woman or a man? 
that this one, he or she saw with, let's just say a man. So I saw this one with my eyes. He took a trip to one of those these things and came out early one morning inspecting the temples. So there's an area they said, don't bother going there. He decided to go. Then he looked through a window. This one was not showing off to anybody. It was alone meditating. And he saw clearly somebody floating in the air. I have never seen. But I have heard too many testimonies of credible people that I have to believe. Some of the people I know till today, not people I heard of, you know, they are my friends, we talk. And they will give you what happened when they were in secondary school. And this particular man was ministering. Yesterday night, I was showing my wife a video of one particular preacher. Now, not from America originally, but now based in the U.S. When the man is ministering, <laughs> he, walks, he will just walk by you. And I told my wife, I said, this cannot be, this is not acting. You could, you could see the force hit the person. And he just smiling. People have seen those things. I have witnessed strange phenomena. I hope you're getting my point. All right? So this person said, look, I saw this one. I saw it. But when they want to, they will not sit down on science trying to prove. Yesterday, I remember the story again, again, and again. I've read it different times of Rasputin. Rasputin was one monk that had so much power over the um, Russian you know, um, ruling house that time. And they said that all this power, all the powers were fake. They were trying to analyze. So you see, every day they are trying to shoot. I still saw this guy, uh, Tyson, the grass, that, the physicist, trying to prove that there were no witches. And, and they would use science to say, if you had cats, you, you, you didn't have rats. If you didn't have rats, you didn't have rat fleas. If you didn't have rat fleas, you couldn't get plague. And that's why some people were immune to plague. I said, this guy, you just have to boil everything down to physics. Now, when they are doing that, the more you pay attention to them, you know what they are doing? They are keeping your eyes on the physical. They want to strip you entirely away from the spiritual. Because that is where they are. Somebody clipped a video the other day and was mocking Pastor E. Adiboye. I saw it. One of my classmates. You saw the video. When he said that God rode, out, rode away winter for him for two days. When he went to Colorado. And they were laughing. You know, I felt sorry. I wish I knew who made that video. I would say, you have a short time for repentance. Otherwise, God will give you a problem. You will cry. He will not answer. And when he wants to do it for you, he will make you see an angel that could have delivered you. An angel will stand up watching you destroyed. And he will have a smile on his face. That one, I didn't keep quiet. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before my father and his holy angels. I spoke up. I said, what is wrong with what he said? So you're saying God can rule away winter. I said, yes, he does it. Would that be new? It's not new. He has stopped rain for you before. I said, what is, it? what is even strange about it? What we should be discussing is whether the moon really stood still. Not ordinary weather. Which can be blown away. You've seen it before. You see rain like he wants to kill somebody. <laughs> then he blow. Don't you have rainmakers? I had an experience. I wish I had now. Sometime ago, I went to somewhere in Anambra State. The man told me, say, listen. If we go here, it will rain. I said, leave that thing. He said, okay, I'm telling you. We head for this place, it will start raining. He said, they will see us coming. And rain will start. I said, okay. 
Just, it was a policeman telling me this. I was just visiting with him. Because they had to escort us. He said, look, I don't know why we are going here. In fact, the main patrol team, as soon as we reached there, they turned and left. He said, look at these people. They're like, you guys like trouble. We don't like trouble. They just turned and left. That is, they were supposed to. <laughs> One of them just said, look, these people are going. It will start raining, you know. So next thing I knew, so I told the guy, don't worry. So the guy looked at me for a while. The rain didn't come. Ah, he said, you are strong. <laughs> I just don't know to worry. But let me make the story short. After a while, I could just feel the arguments going up. Like, what's your business here? Then the rain started. The guy said, I told you. I told you it was going to rain. I said, he said, look, every time we have come in, this is what has happened. He said, they will see us coming. And they opened the tap. That the rain delayed that day we came. He was looking at me funny. That what have you done that's not letting the rain come? So when somebody comes to argue with you that uh, Pastor Yadibu said that, uh, I say it's not, he's not the only one I've heard say it. You have prayed for God to stop rain. There are testimonies I've heard again and again. I mean, in fact, the prince gave his own. He was coming to, he said he's like that too. He doesn't like cold. He was coming to London and the gist was that the weather is bad, really cold winter. So he and his wife prayed and said, I beg go. Father God, you know. As soon as he landed in London, the weather warmed up. He was there for one week, and they were telling him, oh, you guys are really lucky, you know, that kind of thing. It's been so terrible, you came, now look at the weather, it's good. <laughs> so when they were about to board the plane, he told the people, the good weather is about to go. As soon as the plane took off, boom, everything froze up again. What are you talking as if, uh, like, uh, you want us to think that there's nothing spiritual in this life? Spiritual things exist. The fellow who made that video, I pray he gets to hear what I'm saying. Let me tell you what God has said concerning you. You will soon get into trouble. You will call upon me. I will not answer you. And I will make sure you see my deliverance in front of you. But I'm denying you because of this. It's possible you will cry for help. And I'll give you one condition. You will go online and apologize. And give it as much publicity as you gave your nonsense. And that's a deal that you can't break. If you dare break it, I kill you within an hour. People be playing with things. Listen, let me tell you the truth. Eh? Wake up every day. You see, testimonies are supposed to lift your spirit to a different level. I'll begin my point. There's what the Bible calls considering the testimony of the loaves. Every testimony you hear, once they are credible, see, take a book like Adventures in God by John G. Lake and just read it like a hundred times. You know what they are doing? You are soaking yourself into a different realm. Read those things again and again. Get daughter of destiny. No, not daughter of destiny. I believe in miracles, Catherine Kuhlman. Please, I'm recommending these books. If you get a book by Catherine Kuhlman, the compilation of testimonies that happened, healing testimonies under her ministry. One of them is titled, I Believe in Miracles, if I remember well. But you can easily find other ones. There are quite a number of them. Get as many as you can lay your hands on. Daughter of Destiny is her own biography. So you may not need to read that. That's good if you want to know about her life. Okay, But compilation of testimonies. Now, let me tell you something about Catherine Kuma's testimonies, books, which I like. 
the way they selected the testimonies, each one is researched. You don't just go take the mic and give a testimony and they write in the book. No. If you say, I went to one hospital called God in Heaven Hospital International, they will go there, ask to see your doctor, confirm that you really were there, you really were sick, and they really declared you incurable, difficult to cure. So you are not coming to hoodwink anybody. Every testimony must have been confirmed. Okay, they will examine, oh, now you are well. The doctor said you are well. Then, they check your life before you qualify to enter any of the books. In fact, they told the story of one woman I was reading where they analyzed it. Everything checked out. The hospital she said she went to, the sickness she said she had, everything was confirmed. She came for a criminal meeting, they saw the evidence, and she got healed. Everything was clear. But her story was not put in the book. Why? After the woman got healed, she became a mojaijai. You know what they call mojaijai? She did not give her life to Christ, did not commit her life to the Christian work. Even though the testimony was very credible, they were forced to remove it from the compilation. It's the reason why I'm recommending her compilation of testimony, so that you know what you are reading. It's genuine. Please, I'm begging you, if you get a book, you know, some people will read the book, say, I've read it before. I don't know you. I don't know you at all. I don't know why you are like that. If you see me reading a book, the chances are that I've read that book twice before. I read new books. I'm not saying I don't read new books. But if you, tell me, if you tell, see me take a book like Daughter of Destiny by Bill Keith Sheik, it's, it's, uh, I dare to call him father, I wanted to say. All right? Sorry, I apologize. I dare to call him father by Bill Keith Sheik. All right? The story of a Pakistani Muslim woman that became a Christian through revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's a book I read for the first time late 80s. Once I, my wife and I found what they were selling, bought plenty, and gave to all my children. Each one would buy like two copies. All the kids go and read. God smuggler. Brother Andrew. Read. Gentle breeze of Jesus. Like a mighty wind. Read. Why I recommend those books is that as a young Christian, I read them. See, they will lift you out of the mundane physical world into a spiritual realm of walking. And you will start seeing those manifestations in your own life. Those are the kind of things that give us the boldness to pray against certain situations. And when you see dramatic results, even you will be afraid. Don't have time to start giving those testimonies now. That's what cost it. It's those things that we read that cost us to, you know, faith is boosted. If you follow me on WhatsApp channel, I sent something out a few days ago that was um, just about two days ago, I think, if not yesterday. Yeah, two days ago. That was said by uh, John Gillick. He said, when you are sick, put yourself in contact with God's law of life. How do you do that? Read his word with the view of enlightening your heart so that you will be able to look up. Now, that's where I'm going. You enlighten your heart so you will be able to look up with more confidence and believe him. When I read those testimonies, I, w- I was able more than before to look up with confidence and believe. And faith active, faith is so powerful. Let me tell you how powerful faith is. When God wants to judge people, he has to work against their faith. He said, because if they dare believe, 
they will use their faith to stop my judgment. A woman was sick with the issue of blood, was going. Jesus, sorry, Jesus was going. She said to herself, if I may just touch his cloak, let me just grab a small portion of his garment, just to touch it, I will be well. Now, the point I'm making is that Jesus was going, surrounded by a multitude, not aware anybody was praying. Then suddenly, she, he tried to move. Now, this is, this is in my own way of explaining it, okay? It may not have been exactly what I'm saying now. I just feel like he wanted to move. Then he suddenly felt tired. Ah, what happened? Then he realized that because he said virtue, energy left him. It took him a while to recharge. So he said, somebody drained me. So he began to look around. Who touched me? Peter said, Oga really has a problem. Because John said, somebody touched him. Who is somebody? He says, sir, can't you see the multitude thronging? If you use King James, you are seeing somebody touch you. They are not touching. They are all pushing in on you. Jesus just ignored them. Say, this boy is no notebook. They don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> he kept on looking. The point I'm making is that this woman drew power out of him without him being aware. That is, there was no discussion. He didn't lay hands on her. It was when the power went out and he stopped. He felt the discharge. Bam! What was that? He said, somebody touched me. Peter said, what have you seen? Everybody is wrong. He said, no. Somebody made a demand that drew power out of me. The woman wanted to escape. When they said, crime scene, nobody moves. <laughs> the Bible says that she just came trembling and reported what happened. And Jesus looked and said, daughter, what made you hope? Your faith. He didn't say my power. He said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Any other affliction, I command them to disappear. Because he said, be healed. He was already, she has been healed. He said, now go in peace. We'll see blessing her again. That is, the other problems you may have. Let's solve it now. Let's solve them now. That is how powerful faith is. Please don't let anybody drain your faith. You will know people who drain faith. You're feeling happy. If you're talking to them, you start feeling sad. Hope seems to leak, you know. Before you were, you know, you were crossing the road with joy and gladness. Now you want to cross. cross. You are looking out whether a truck will kill you. Check where you are coming from. Who did you go to visit? If you go back there, God said you are begging for punishment. People drain people's faith. If you are sick, it's not everybody that should visit you. Who's looking for you? You see the person. Just close your eye. Sleep. Lock the door. Let them bang you. Let them think you are dead. Say this one. When he leaves, or when she leaves, I'll be worse. There are those who want to come and see you. When they say knock, ah, let them come in. Let them donate their presence in the house. Do you get my point? Let them speak a word of faith. Even if they don't see me physically, let them speak a word of faith into the air. And then come with the joy of the Holy Spirit. These things boost faith. Next time you want to believe God, you won't even know why. You suddenly have the ability to believe. The ability to believe God is a spiritual substance. People will just drain it. Deliberately guard your faith so that nobody will drain it for you. 
That's why I recommended those books. I'm saying it again. Thank God for these days where we all carry screens all everywhere and things are easy to share, easy to download. These books are old. Somebody can just share them with you easily. That's, look, as a young Christian, I think I can say boldly, these were the things that really helped me a lot. I read a lot of stories. You see, hear me? many of those things I'm quoting, you'll be surprised. I started reading them in 1986, 87. Like I mentioned, Bilkis Sheikh now, right? Bilkis Sheikh around 1990. 89, of Jesus around the same time. Brother Andrew around the same time. Early 90s, I was reading Adventures in God. Got, got in touch with uh, Catherine Kuhlman's stories. Just read them. They are not Bible teaching. Oh, of course, there are scriptures inside. But just read those stories. Why? They lift you from a realm of walking to another realm. Please, I hope you're getting my point. What the world tries to do, what Satan tries to do is to bring us down to this realm. So that if bread is small, we go hungry. Did you hear what I said? That's the aim. So if bread is small, we will go hungry. God said, no, I want to lift you up to a level where even though the bread is small, you still will not go hungry. That's what I'm trying to do. I want you to get to a point where even though, because what the world does is this. Your life is based on what you can see. What is the world saying? Your life consists in the abundance of what you possess. What does that mean? What you can achieve in life is dependent on your earning power. What's your salary? How much do you have saved up? Sometimes I hear some preachers preach and I'm wondering. You see, they will say things like, I don't understand some Christians. They don't have savings. They say they are believing God. What kind of believing God is that? And I'm looking at them, okay, what other type do you know? So you're just going to go hungry. I feel like I say, Oga, your own faith is down. Don't bring our own down with you. Can I just beg you for something? If you go to a church where the pastor is always spewing out unbelief, start, start missing services. I am begging you. Uh, see, you have to, you must bear something in mind. You are held responsible for how you treat your faith. You know what he said? Guard your heart with all diligence. You know the scripture, Proverbs chapter 4. Guard your heart, verse 23, with all diligence. You know what it means? Be careful. Like I told you as an example. This will sound funny, but I don't watch horror movies. I'm not afraid, though. It's not because of fear. What, what, what is it? If I see which, I will not run. Is it a movie that will make me run? No, I'm not afraid. It's not because of fear. It's because as a young Christian, I discovered that they plant unbelief in your heart. They magnify Satan. Something happened to me long ago. Do you know I had to tell God I'm sorry? If I tell you, you're going to laugh. And you're going to... I was going to Lagos at night from Benin. Was it Benin? Anyway, somewhere. I was on the road. On the particular road at night. I wasn't supposed to be there at night, but maybe a vehicle I was in broke down. Another vehicle now came. And I entered this vehicle. I was like, ah! Night. Peril of robbers. Now, this happened long ago. It's not last year. It's not 10 years ago. It's not even 20 years ago. It's at least... 30 years ago. But I remember because I had to tell the Lord I was sorry. 
Then the man who was driving, I noticed that the man had jazz. No, they call jazz. How do I know? I saw the things he hung here and there. Like, what's my apology? What, what about, did I have to tell the Lord I was sorry? And you know, he gave me confidence. Yeah, that we were safe. They realized something. So they, I had, why? You know, it's, you know, it's history, stories, when you were young, what kind of thing? That this man don't fortify in vehicle, not get a problem. <laughs> and you see the man like he didn't have any fear in him or anything. So I realized that. I, I was that kind of what I'm telling you is 30 something years ago. I remember around the, around the period it happened. When I got home that day, I told the Lord, this is what they call secretly putting forth your hand to worship the moon. Yeah, it was sin. Ah, if it is now, hey, that oh no, that won't cross my mind. In fact, I was preaching to the man on the spot just to cleanse myself of iniquity. I will start telling the medicines can't save you. Guard your heart. It all, that's why I don't watch horror movies. Because what they do is that they plant the fear of Satan in you. You won't. The day it happened to the last time I watched a horror movie hmm? was 1991. Should be around September thereabouts. Shortly before, shortly, but it was late 91. I still remember the name of the movie till today. And why did I stop? In fact, the brother went to visit, a friend of mine and I. Went to visit. We just finished school, finished our final exams. It's all be out. Remember the way, if you know the way medical school runs. Finish the exam on Thursday, your result is out latest Tuesday, usually. Okay? In fact, sometimes, if you, in fact, if you know lecturers, you can get your results. That evening, you finish in the morning by evening, you go and ask one or guy, you know, guy, did I pass? But of course, my friend and I, we had our plans that let's, let's go and play. We'll now come back. So we went to, tra- we traveled to go and see one of our senior brothers. So we're in his house. So he was talking about this. So we just finished the exam. We'll, we'll back to school in a week. That was our plan. Oh, come on, we'll check our results. We're graduating. So the brother was talking about this, talking about that, talking about this. That is a particular movie he has. These are those days when very few homes had the video cassette players. So he brought out this and gave it to us. We sat down and watched. It was very interesting. Except that the next day, where we're staying, the bathroom was kind of in there to cross like an open space. I want to get out during the night to go and ease myself. I became afraid. I've never been really afraid of the dark. But entire room, I'm afraid. So I prayed against the spirit of fear. I had enough understanding to handle it. I confessed the word of God over the next few days. The fear disappeared. But I knew where it came in through. And after that time, you start a movie. It's horror. I remove it. I get up and walk away. I'm not afraid of the movie. I just don't want to plant evil spirits in my heart. Let me tell you something about demons. Demons are always looking for a way to enter. And they have a way they come through. They come through what you watch on television. Satan comes through what you watch on TV. If you are keeping up with fashion show on television, you will have a lost problem. You will. See, the thing, when you watch Big Brother, your faith goes down. You can't help it. it, it, It will go down. These people have, they know, they are, See, let me tell you something. Eh? Satan came to Jesus Christ. You know what he told Jesus? Bow to me and I will, do, I will do what? I will give you all these kingdoms of the world. 
kingdoms of the world, wealth, power, Satan gives in exchange for worship. So many people who are, look, when you hear the money some of these musicians make, people say, don't be superstitious. It's not superstitious. It's tru- I'm just being truthitious. Tell you. I'm telling you the truth. These people, people bow to Satan to make money. Just be singing anyhow. Now you be the first to sing. Then your own will catch fire. We'll be paying you $100,000 a day to listen to you. And you think it's ordinary. There are musicians, I, I see their songs. I just say, what is here? Juguba? Bilele? Bilolo? Balala? And they say, this guy is being... And you're looking like... You didn't even, you did, you did not even write a song. You didn't even write a song. Now, where I'm going is that one of the things they do is deliberate, is Satan. Sex, lust, worldliness, they weave it into the small lyrics they have. And you think you're enjoying it. See, if I have to, I'm not very religious really when it comes to which music you can listen to. I just believe that as you mature, you know the one that doesn't gel with your soul. But if I have to give you a law, I will give the law we're given when I was in university no secular music. Even the one they call themselves Christian, check. If their video has people doing like this, just remove the video. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, it's safer like that. Especially for young people, it's just safe. It's just safe. Don't let anybody fire up your lust and all of that. One day I went to one office in, at the mall here, one of these telecom companies. When I entered the place, I had gone there before. Next time I came, I asked, I said, change this channel. He said, hey, please, it's not us, it's the manager. I said, let, let me see the manager. was a woman. I walked up to her. Hello, madam. Why do I have to watch pornography anytime I come to your shop? I, those were my words. God is my witness. I said, why do I have to watch pornography anytime I come to your shop? At the mall here. She said, oh, sir, what do you mean? I said, he said, it's not pornography. I said, it's called soft porn. What people call pornography, they call it hardcore. Most of what you watch, listen. No, God will punish some people for us in this country. See, why do you, you know, you just deliberately wake up in the morning and you want to release the spirit of lust through your video. God will punish you. Now it's a prayer. I'm, I'm helping our youth. May the Lord destroy your work. May you not make money. What rubbish is this? There are unbelievers that have sung songs and these songs are good. And they wore angelic robes to do their video. All these talentless people, like they have no sense in their heads. They are the ones, they don't have talent. Before they want to shoot video, they will look for half-naked girls from Lagos and South Africa. At the age of 40, you are licking sex tape. Can't you see that you, you, you know, you are damned? Now, for information, anytime you see them say that a sex tape leak, don't believe them. It is never a leak. It's a release. Of course, I read my news online, so I see headline. And I, God, I don't have time to click rubbish. One girl, I don't know her name, an actress and all of that. Is there still life after sex tape leak? I said, why are you? Why must God destroy you? Why must God destroy you? Because you see, we know it's not a leak. We know it's a release. 
You want us to be clicking to be reading story about sex tape leak? What were you doing videoing yourself in sleep? Are you a porn actor? What are you saying sex tape leak? In case you do not know, that was how Kim Kardashian made fame. I'm giving you Satan. 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 Listen. Satan, that's what he does. You see, he twists iniquity. And give, he package it, then you become rich. One small girl, one day, she did not know that before you do such thing, you see Satan first. Yeah, you have to go and see Satan. You see Satan. See, okay. Why did you come here this morning? No, be honest. Why did you come? Eh? To seek Jesus. Okay, now. Where is he? No, where is he? No, no. Jesus came to see. Where is he? Be honest. You have your Bible at home. You have your heart with you. This is not bragging. He's in Pastor Banky. Yeah, this is not bragging. That's what happened. The Jesus you came to see is the one I brought. It's why you sat and they opened your heart and everything I'm saying, you are, you are inhaling it. You are, you know, you are just soaking it in. And God said, Bank, if you talk, if, if you don't put faith in their heart, eh, you, when I catch you after. So me, I'm disciplined to make sure that once you finish listening to me, I hope you get my point. What am I saying? I am a minister. That's what they call minister. I am a minister of Christ Jesus. So that when people want Jesus in a particular dimension, they come to me. And I serve them Christ. I make sure I serve them Christ. In the same manner, Satan has priests. He has ministers. So this girl, she didn't go to see a minister of Satan. She just went to copy the act. Oh, the thing backfired. They told her that you have to do something drastic for you to have you know, the fame and everything they are looking for. So on her best day, the buffoon went to go and post naked. So she posed nude and put the pictures on Instagram. Satan said, did we arrange this? Satan said, nothing for you. <laughs> Where I'm going is that she, she, she did not get. People abused her, abused her papa, abused her mama. She, she like this, she did not get. You think she just got to walk naked? Mad people are walking naked. Are they rich? I feel sorry for that girl. You put your life on social media, your naked life. Eh? On social media, nothing. Social media, nothing. I mean, she didn't get anything. I said, If you go see the messengers of Satan first, Helen Paul said, she asked then, she said, wanted somebody to manage her and make her famous and all of them. One person said, I can arrange it for them. Link out to somebody, say, Look, we know how to start. So the, the guy told her, are you ready? Say, ready for what? Are you ready to give you what it takes? What do you mean what it takes? Say, I have to create two scandals for you. Choose one. The woman said, like, what? Say, yeah, I can raise the divorce. You divorce your husband. That's one. Yeah. This was a satanic agent. Told her. We have to create two scandals. He said, go and check. Anybody having 10 million followers on, uh, on Instagram, all of that. He said, go and check. He said, they all have scandals now. You want to go to church and be saying, Father, we worship you and get 10 million followers in Satan's world? Say, no, now. What do they do like that now? The woman said, are you serious? The guy said, yes, I'm serious. That's how I manage people. 
Can you do sex tape? We release it. We call it leak. The whole world will follow you. And they don't follow because they want to. Now listen to this. I'm adding words to it now. They don't follow because they want to. We tell them to follow you. Yeah. You think Satan is joking? He has minions everywhere. Spirits everywhere. Tell the young boys, young girls, men, women, yeah, follow, 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 follow. Then those one will sit down at home and be looking at stories and drinking, that's what I'm talking about, and be drinking of the spirit of immorality. Which was Satan's aim in the first place. Can't you see? Let me know. Okay, I can mention it. David Doe, whiskey, all of Can't you see all of them? They all have stories of immorality, immorality. It's not a joke. It's satanic arrangement. Now so, they, 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 one don't burn for them. And that don't burn for them. They are burning, 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 burning for her. And then, and then they, he married. See, you guys, you may, it's not a joke. It's evangelism. If those guys are doing show, please, I beg in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that my Lord and yours, our Savior, don't go. You can't live there with the same level of sexual purity. It's not possible. They have something they are serving. That's why you see, the one they are doing now, which God will punish all of them for, they want to glorify divorce. The other, way, the other day I saw Mark Angel being interviewed. I felt like I said, Mark Angel, if you don't want God to punish you, stop this nonsense. And if, if, if anybody can take this message to him, tell him to stop that rubbish. That he married, he married in secret. But then one day he and the woman decided that they decided to go their separate. He said, it's better than, I said, Mark Angel, this is how God punishes people. You don't get it. You are speaking against his counsel. He will punish you. Let me tell you something about God. Eh? Not vex him. Look, not vex him. If you are annoying him and you are annoying me, you say, Banky, what's your own inside? <laughs> I will tell you. Because what God does, when he's angry like that, he looks for somebody to call his attention to that, somebody on the earth. Some of you celebrities, let, uh, see, I pray you get to hear this message. God is a call to repentance for you because I will punish you while the world watches. What did they sing? That my Jack did not sing. When the spirit of destruction came upon my Jack, he was begging on the streets of Lagos. The other musicians were embarrassed. When I was earning 5000 a month as a post-NYC doctor, my Jack was playing for 200000 a night. No, you're not getting me. When I finish NYC, I go sweat. I don't go sleep. The, at the end of the month, see your salary, 5000 This guy was playing birthday parties. For 200,000 naira a night. One of my brothers worked for the company. So I knew. It's not, I'm not guessing. He said, we paid him 200,000. I said, what? And I'm looking like, wait, wait. So, 40 months of hard labor that I have to do. We are giving this guy one night. At the end of the day, what happened? So please, don't think because you, they give you now half a million dollars a night. If God wants to summarize you, eh? if he wants to summarize you, we will come and take you physically from under Ojuelek by bridge. And it will be a story. This is a guy who used to earn half a million dollars a night. Especially if you ever had anything to do with Christ, your name went out as a Christian. Be careful. If you serve nonsense, God will feed it back to you. 
It is not a light thing. That you just get up in the morning, you see, every celebrity, all those musicians, they have one problem or the other. Whether they know it or not, they are using, Satan is using them to corrupt a generation. We listen to you every time, every time, at the end of the day. I mean, I listened to some of them before, I just said, did you have to sing like a fool? God, Satan doesn't have it. God gave you the talent. God gave you the skill. All power belongs to God. Then Satan comes now. The Bible says that, you know, he haunts precious lives. He's haunting the gift that God gave you to serve his own purpose. And he says, put these lines inside. I personally thought, well, not thought about him in a while, but I thought to face a very talented human being. Then one day I saw one song album he released. Very beautiful song. My wife and I, he got to a point, I said, the guy said, now two, two chicks are going to carry. One in my bed, one in my jacuzzi. I said, God punish you. Two face. Do you have to say that to young men and women? That line was not necessary. All you are mentioning your names. I pray to get to hear this. So you can repent. Because God will punish you. He will. So you can offer any sacrifice I want. The day I'm tired, I will disgrace you publicly. You will walk naked. Then you can carry on your cheeks that time. Christians, eh? Guard your faith. That's what I'm talking about. It. It's not every movie you watch. There's one series one of our brothers gave me one time. Interesting series. So my wife and I will watch. After I have some time, we watched a few. So my wife wanted to watch it one day. Say, where is it? I said, I've deleted it. She said, why? I said, I realize it's ungodly. We are wasting God, God's time to imbibe the wrong spirit. So I cleaned my hard disk of the whole series. So it's a story of trickery, betrayal, worldliness, all kinds of things. So the brother that gave it to us, I don't know whether I mentioned it to him. One day I asked, he said, he too, that he has reasoned about it. He too has deleted it. I said, good. So what am I even learning? What am I even learning? Like somebody said, whatever entertains you, enters you. Anything that's entertaining you is enter obtaining you. Yeah, it is enter obtaining you. It will enter you, obtain your soul, or obtain your spirit. I've seen jokes that mock marriage. A few years ago, I said, I'm not laughing again. Marriage is good. My wife is good. I try to be good. <laughs> Someone joke recently, I just, everybody was laughing. I said, I didn't find it funny. Somebody, not really a joke, somebody interviewing people said, hey, hello, you've been married for how long? You see, elderly people, you, you catch elderly couples. How long have you been married? Uh, 45 years this year. What's the secret? Uh, the woman said, the secret is that know each other's needs. No, those things, I hope you know they are nonsense, okay? You have to know each other, be respectful of each other's preferences. And all that. They asked the man, what is the secret? Say secret, she's the boss. And everybody laughed. And they interviewed like four or five couples, elderly couples. And all of them said, oh, she's the boss. Well, I let her take the lead. I said, listen. <laughs> These are young girls who want to marry. They want to be the boss. Please, tell your wife, Ellie, you are not the boss. The man was made first, then the woman. 
You know, imbibe that nonsense. Now be going and you want to be the boss. One day went for an event. My wife and I were going. She just said, ah, see road here. She put my hand. I put my foot down. She felt the resistance. Oh, God, what is it? I said, you can't be leading me like that. It's not good. Next time you see road, say, oh, God, see road there. They let me decide whether we are passing it or not. I, did, I said, no, I just wanted to make a point. She's not the boss. Marriages in which she's the boss, they are not happy. They don't last 45 years. If you go and check those men, say he's the boss. They are adulterers. Ah, you know what I'm telling you now. You want to treat a man like uh, you run the house. And he stayed there for 40 years. Go and check. There's a place where he's running the house. You just come to this one, you are, you are running to sleep. And you are living in a fool's paradise. You don't realize that you are not the boss. He knows where he's the boss. Whatever entertains you, that's what I'm making, enters you. Be careful. Don't let people just be entertaining you with false narratives, things against the spirit of God. He's entering you. He's undermining your faith. Faith is not how you feel. You know, I just feel strong in the spirit. Something felt strong in the spirit. This t- Look, his hair was gone. He was surprised. When they could tie him, he said, ah, hey, kilo de. Hey, they are tying me successfully. Something was surprised. What you should check regularly, check the length of your hair, if your name is something. Look, be honest, check your mirror, put a mirror there, go and weigh your hair, get a scale for hair. They don't cut up. <laughs> One man told his wife, say, I know they fear lion again. I know they fear lion. Ever since I see say Samson, a man like me, kill lion. He said, who are they fear now? Now who kill Samson? What am I saying? Stop visiting Delilah. She will cut your hair while you are sleeping. You will still be feeling strong in the spirit. Where your hair is gone. Guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with all diligence. I don't care how talented. Like Theodore F. said. No matter how nice the song sounds. If the words are bad, don't listen to it. And I'll add one to it now. If the musician, the artist, lives a wrong life and broadcasts it, there's a reason why I needed to add that one. Puts it in your face. Shut down his songs too. There was a Nigerian artist that time. A lot of come to church. Church is easy market, you know that? You know why church, a lot of people go to church. So they can't go and dance at your show. Some people, they will leave the show, come to church to come and do show for the same people. That if with the same spirit. Yeah, they do that. They just add one Jesus into the song. Add one God there. God of miracles. They just add that line. The song we all sing before now. They now come there and be singing for us in church. All of us will be happy. And they continue living their lives uselessly. They've captured the church market. Be singing worship songs. So there's this guy. That's what he used to do. His songs were everywhere. Once they are singing the song, I keep quiet. No matter, as he wrote a song like, there's no song like that. I'm just saying, God, you are good. We worship you. You are the Lord, oh, Most High. He said, Who sing up? Now that guy. When they bring it up in church, I turn to my own to God of miracle. Now my papa. I, won't, I refuse to sing one line. I've been in service before that he came. 
Oh, Lord, we worship you. I tell them, I don't worship anything. Now this guy is leading. <laughs> and I said, why now? I said, I know him. He doesn't believe. All this noise is making. He doesn't believe. Oh. Once he's doing this, I'll just be looking at him like this. I said, I know this guy. He doesn't believe this is his doing. What are you ministering? Is this the words? The spirit you are releasing is not right. These songs are in the churches where singing. I said, me, I am not joining. The first day I decided to join was when I heard I repented. I said, okay. Let's now join. The next thing I knew, I did not really repent. Please, I'll get into my message in a moment. This thing, I just need to finish it. Look, if you are a Christian artist, you, are, you lead praise, you... You know, you know how to sing, and we are all following you like we were following this girl. What is her name? Jesus, you love me too much. Oh. Mercy. Huh? If you are like that, be careful. You know why I'm saying so? The adulterer, adulteress, I wanted to say, that's what Satan was described as, that woman. She's waiting out there, hunting precious lives. They will try to monetize your anointing for you. Fight it too. I keep on telling those who have these nice voices, who can sing, who can move the crowd. You are not anointed. You are not more anointed than the rest of us. You are just anointed in a different area. The area in which you are anointed is the area that Satan loves the most. So you have to be as careful, if not more careful, than those of us who teach. Those of us who teach also, Satan has used us also. I'm not saying Satan also comes. Up. He also tell, he turns us to motivational speakers and money raisers. Two satanic things that teachers of the world are not supposed to do. As a teacher of the world, you are not a motivational speaker. You are a teacher of righteousness. You are a teacher of righteousness. You are a teacher of holiness. You're a teacher of the fear of God. Like I say all the time, motivate Lazarus from now to tomorrow. He can't get out of that grave. Stop motivating dead people. Go and preach Christ. Now, if you're a non-believer, or even if you're a Christian, but you are not called to teach the word of God, go and motivate anybody you like. It doesn't concern me. You can go and be stimulating them in business, in sports. Or, it's okay. I'm talking about those who are called to teach, who are called to minister the word. Because when they see your anointing, it's sweet. I mean, they will, they, they will want to use it. I've passed through, I won't call it temptation, experiences. People want to tell me that uh, because I can teach the word, they believe that people listen to me when I preach. And of course, I'm not listening to me. Tell him to plant the seed. Of course, me say, if I did wicked, I will get up. The seed is the word of God. All the plant the word of God right now. I'm planting seed. I'm not going to tell anybody. Look, I can ask people to give money, but I'm not twisting it. I can get up and say, your pastor said he's broke, he has not eaten. How many people bless the man of God? I can do that. Ah. Nothing wrong with that. Ah, if you see somebody we need, shouldn't you respond? But I'm not twisting the word of God for you. I'm not. I've been asked a number of, of course, after I shot, it doesn't take long for people to know, say, you are not normal. So, 
and I learned that they, they learned that about me early. They also tempt us too. Let's say you are going around helping people de- develop their business. God said, "Don't worry, I'm waiting for you in front, Balam. I'm waiting. Some of you, your donkey has jammed the wall. Be thanking God. The, the, the day you were going, your car some assault, and you came out without scratch. Praise God, though. It's God that is your that's your donkey that jammed the wall because you're about to go to where you were not sent." However, so all of us go through it. But those of you who are out there, you can move the crowd. You can make everybody shout, hey, oh, hey. Satan likes your type. He will offer you money. He will show you that you can sing better than this one that's collecting $200,000 a night. You now come and tell you that in church, what are they giving you? You will not be angry. When the pastor invites you, give you $50,000. You are looking at <laughs> You are feeling like uh, Kiss Daniel. Because I ain't giving you $100,000 a day. I will not give you. And what is Badi Moat not telling me? Do you know what they have sold? Relax. Do your work. I'm not giving $100,000. I don't care how much you, if you like, cry from now until tomorrow. If you raise children, is it everything they cry for you give them? In fact, sometimes, I mean, ask my children the way I do my own. For asking ends judgment. Nobody called judgment. The Bible says you shall not lost like they lusted. So if I catch you lost, <laughs> like the world people are lost in. So God sometimes will say, I'm not giving you. If you like be looking at those who are collecting half a million dollars a night, I am not giving you. Don't say my time will come. God says it's not coming. <laughs> as long as you are measuring yourself by the world, that time is not coming. That's what the Lord is saying. Just like warning some people. Because I see how people just derail. They start by singing worship for us. After 10 years, you don't find them again. Somebody bought their gift. I know churches themselves, they can be wicked. They use it to, to attract crowd. Not because you minister, but because you can attract the crowd. Let me not sit on that. Why did I go into all of this plenty talk? It's to let us know that we have to choose the realm of life we walk in. And Satan is trying to, mund- now, I invent English words, all right? Satan is trying to mundanize our lives for us every day. Turn us to people who are only on this earth, who only see things from the physical level, who don't understand the power of the spirit above the physical things, who only in this life have hope. It's turning us to people like that. No hope anywhere else. If something does not pay physically, we feel, we feel like it doesn't have any value. Meanwhile, we forget that the real reward, you know people there, you sow your seed, God will multiply for you in two days. The real reward is in the, day of, is in the last day, the day of judgment. Anything God gives you now is more work. I hope you're getting my point. We are not people who believe that all our hope lies in this life or lie in this life. No. There are spiritual things. So please bear that in mind. So they came to Jesus. Satan was tempting him. He said, turn these stones to bread. Jesus said, why? He said, because you are hungry. He said, but man shall not live by bread alone. And that's what I'm trying to explain today. When we're talking about divine abundance, it's something we take how? By faith. How? By faith. Say it again. By faith. It's by faith. 
Now, so I'm, when I'm preaching the divine abundance to you, I'm not guaranteeing you to reflect in your bank account. You hear what I said? If I do that, God will be angry because I will have lied. We said at the beginning, what is prosperity? It's having everything you need to do the will of God. And having more than that to help somebody else do the will of God. We said God does not manage. I hope you get my point. But he trains you to manage you. Because God is not just trying to supply your needs. He's trying to make you like himself. So he disciplines the children. He disciplines them. That's just the way he is. He has to train his children. But in himself, he, has, he doesn't need to manage. He doesn't. Why? He has abundance. He has, he has abundance. For him, making a bicycle is the same effort as making 10,000 BMWs. Why? Speaks a word. Comes into being. So that is why if he says, okay, drive this, my son, from that place to the other, he can use a hundred cars to move one person. It doesn't cost him anything. He doesn't. But he says, no, I want to take you through stages. First, trek there. Next time I say, take a bicycle. Why? I want you to see around. I want you to know what life is about. There's nowhere you're hurrying to. Take it step by step. This is your journey between here and Abuja. I want it to be three days. I could fly you, but I don't want to. Because there are lessons I will teach you along the way. It's not for those who reach it in one hour. I hope you're getting my point. I'm going to emphasize that we see things from a spiritual perspective. God is abundant. He can supply all our needs. But I feel like today I must emphasize, because many times you preach like this. In fact, I'm reviewing our book, um, Grace to Prosper. And I added one line at the beginning. I said, look, this book will attract worldly people. It's painful, but it will. Because I talked about money, talked about wealth. Many people come to church, that's what they are looking for. God of miracle that multiplies money. But before God starts multiplying money for people, first thing he does is to let you know you don't need it. So Paul said it like, no, Moses said it like this. It was Moses. Moses said, he made you hungry. Then he fed you with manna. So that you will understand something. That not by bread alone does a man live. But life comes from what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when Jesus was tempted later, he said, multiply, turn stones to bread. Jesus said, why? He said, because you are hungry. Jesus said, eh, so? After all. Life does not come from bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Ah, Satan said we have lost this one. And he demonstrated it. If you see, there are not many of the miracles of Jesus that he used to refer to. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yeah. Right now, I don't know how many of them I, I can remember him referring to. But he used to refer to the miracle of the loaves. We saw it here. He referred to two occurrences of the miracle of the loaves. Then you hear the, uh, the, you know, the gospel writers tell you that this was what happened when he multiplied bread after giving thanks. The multiplication of loaves is one critical miracle that Jesus did. He did it a number of times, okay, at least twice, because he needed to prove something to people. Don't keep your eyes on physical things. Don't let the size of your bank account give you confidence or remove confidence from you. If you wake up in the morning and you find you have only a thousand naira, a hundred naira, 
or 20 million naira. Because let it mean nothing to you. Walk out with confidence if you don't have. Don't have extra confidence when you have it. Rest in me at all times. You wake up in the morning, you check your fire tank is low. You check the store of food is low. God said, I don't want you for, for one moment to panic. I don't want you for one moment to panic. Consider the miracle of the loaves. It's one miracle you have to think about all the time. He said, consider the miracle of the loaves. I don't want you to panic. I don't want you to be afraid. You look at your bank account. The thing is running low. Don't be afraid. Don't ask me to fill it up. Don't turn it to a prayer point. Do you pray as such times? Yes. Pray that your faith will not fail. Say, Lord, please, let my faith not fail. Let my eyes not be on this store. Let my eyes not be on this bank account. Let my eyes not be on the money I have or don't have. When you have plenty, look. When you have plenty of money, you have to deliver yourself from it. Say, this money, don't go cause me problems, though. Later, we'll talk about money, if God allows. Money in itself, people don't believe what I want to say. It can be evil. No matter how righteous you are, it's a tempter. You spend every day resisting it. Money will be sending you on errand. Money will just wake up in the morning. Oh boy, how you day? Say, I'm fine. Is this the kind of plate your mates are using to eat? I told my wife, your daddy, Lord, who heard God? They didn't hear God, they heard money. So my spirit said, I said, it's not your spirit, it's money. There are things that your spirit won't say if there was no money to say it to. I, I was just thinking the other day, you know, like one of my friends, he told me one day, he said, Banky, he said, I want to go to Dubai. I said, what's going on? He said, nothing, I just need to sleep. He said, and when I'm going, I'm going to fly first class. I said, why? He said, I just want to see what it feels like. I said, boy, I told him, money is sending you on an errand. You no, know, just say money, just say, go here, go there. I said, it is money. It's money. I said, if you wanted to sleep. I, I said, look, can, I, I told him, I said, let's do something. Let me save you some money. Then we'll share the balance. He said, what do I mean? I said, because that money, if you give it to me, I'll buy you a ticket from where you are to Abuja. I will check you into one very nice hotel and collect your phone. You will sleep. Abby? I used to collect your phone. Say, so, you know, if I'm in Nigeria, I can't sleep. I said, it's because you have money to go somewhere else. Not this nonsense, if I have dignity, I can't sleep. It's because you have money to go out of the country. Because if you left Lagos and went to Calabar, enter a nice hotel there and switch off your phone, you will sleep. All this one, I, I, I just want to go and rest. No, I need to rest. I'm going to London. It's because you got the money. Because if you come to Enugu, go to Nzar Street, there's some very nice street hotels on Nzar Street. Once we don't know who you are there. Very live, very I say unto thee, thou shalt sleep. Then the errand of money, only God can stop it. Uh, only God. Because sometimes you don't know whether it's God that wants you to enjoy life or Satan that was trying to <laughs> corrupt you. You don't even know which one. I always tell people, look, one of the ways you used to do that one, you can do one, this is just my personal check. I'm not saying I'm always right, but... 
So just check this money I want to use like this. Have I ever given it out? If the answer is no, the money is sending you on errand. It's not God. So this money just wants to go and use to sleep. Say, when last did I go to church and that was what entered into the offering basket? Say, never. In that case, Satan is sending you on an errand. It is Satan. No, it, honestly, it's Satan. It, it, don't. It, look, you know I know what I'm saying. It's Satan. Money that you have never used to do good works. You are not allowed to use it to enjoy. You are only allowed to use it for basic necessities. Drink. No. Food. Clothing. That's first set of sheds, not the abundant one. If every time a new phone comes out, you buy. There's no problem. Just check any new ministry that starts. You also give. I hope you're getting my point. They say, okay, what is the new one? iPhone 15 Pro Max. It's S23 Ultra. There's no problem. Buy. I'm not saying don't buy. But ask yourself, my last offering, how much was it? I know what I'm saying. See, money is so easy. Ha! So Jesus said, you cannot save God and mammon. And one of the ways he trains his children is to ensure that they learn to live without having plenty of money. Yeah. So he told them, I made you hungry and I fed you with manna. You know the significance of feeding you with manna? You want to know the significance? You didn't have to buy it. You did not have to work for it. It fell out of the skies and it lasted only one day. Did you notice that? He said, I want you to understand that because he said, a time will come that you will plant and harvest in abundance. But I want you to know that man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I hope you're getting my point. So what he did was to make sure that they don't worry about money. He made them hungry. Then he gave them food in the midst of their hunger that they did not struggle for. What was he saying? Any time you are in need, don't worry about what you have or what you don't have. Look up to me. And whether you see it or not, it is as available. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Now, Jesus did that twice. I don't actually... Now, now, please, get me. I don't think he did it because of the multitude. I think he did it mostly because of his disciples. I think it was more of a lesson for his disciples so they could write it down. Because he's saying, my ministers, my soldiers, soldiers in the army of God, one major thing that Satan will use to drag them away from their position of assignment is bread. So write it down. See, <laughs> once I was just sharing, okay, I shared that once in a while with people that if, if some of my colleagues do, we do that, we do that. You go to Saudi to go and work for some time, you understand? That what Saudi people there, when they want to pay you money, did you see the way they just, they said, the, what's the name of this guy? The, the boxers, these two boxers. Ngano, Ngano. What's the first name? Francis. Francis Ngano and the Gypsy King, Taisi Fury. They just come and box for a non-title. It was not, I hope it was not a title match. And they gave them $50 million. Just come and fight. Whether you win or lose, you have not gotten any belt. 
and $50 million. When you want to pay some of my colleagues like that, by the time they finish with you, eh, you'll be going home with like maybe every month, your salary will be like maybe $12 million. Eh? $15 million, naira every month. And which most of you don't spend? You are coming home at the end of the year, you put $100,000 in your pocket. And they do that. You know, people are like me, you know why we are not tempted? You say, well, Pastor, you don't like $100,000. Well, I don't know whether I like it or I don't. Yeah, I'm speaking both from experience and by faith. You know what I found out? What God cannot do for you without $100,000. He can't do it with a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Did you hear what I said? What he can't do for you without the hundred thousand dollars, he can't do it with a hundred thousand dollars. Of course, there's nothing he can't do. All right. Therefore, he doesn't need it. So I'm not going to chase after it. The day he wants it, let me tell you something. One of the major things you must learn in life is how to find yourself where God kept you. God is always asking, where are you? Tap your neighbor, please. Say, where are you? Yeah. Neighbor, eh? you just heard the voice of God. Oh. Now, let me tell you. <laughs> Sounds funny. Every day, just know, Jesus is asking, where are you? Every day is asking, where are you? There's one reason you see me almost every Saturday here, unless I'm somewhere else preaching. You know why? Because I know he will ask, where are you? And I ha- I'm just as an example now. God helping me. It's supposed to be every day. But I, let me use that as an example because of the ministry I run. Okay? The life of ministry I, I live. I know that every day, especially when it started. <laughs> my classmate did a reunion the other day. The last one he did was in London. The one before that was in Lagos. And it was 30th reunion. 30th. All right? So it was nice. I mean... Beautiful plan. The main organizer called me. I remember we were coming from my in-laws' um, village that time. Took his call on the way, and he said, "Banky, it is important you are there." He explained and explained, and I virtually promised him I would be there. Not really fully promised. I said, I, "I really wanted to go," but there was only one problem. It meant I would be away for one Saturday from Kingdom World Ministries. Now, for an average person, that's not too much now. To surprise you to know, that is the only reason I did not go. I didn't know how to answer, where are you? I did everything, including praying, to get an invitation to preach in Lagos. I hope you're getting my point. I, I used to go, though, let somebody invite me to be in Lagos for that weekend. So I can say, I'm in Lagos preaching. I know he never has a problem with that. When I couldn't find, to, it pained my heart that I could not go. I told my wife, I said, I cannot explain to God that I'm there reuniting with my classmates when people are waiting for me to teach the word. For some people, it's not a big deal. For me, it has been a big deal forever. I told you, my auntie died. She was being buried. I travel, driving from my hometown when road was good and there was no problem, you know, and all of that. No, all these checkpoints were not there. Driving from my hometown to Enugu was five hours, five and a half hours non-stop driving. Just hit the road, drive five hours, five and a half hours non-stop. You get to Enugu, no serious checkpoints, no bad roads. 
Okay? It's quite some distance from here. Then, Friday, went for wake up. Saturday morning, I drove my mother and her friend to church. As she, as she came down, I told her, Mommy, bye-bye. It was around 10 in the morning. Because there was Bible study here by 5 p.m. I drove straight, got here, 5, there about dot. Why? Because I have to answer, where are you? My in-laws live in Benin. So a lot of weddings and ceremonies that took place, took place there. As soon as they finish church, <laughs> kind of is 5 o'clock in the evening. We finish church service, heading for reception. It's my wife's brother that's getting married, my wife's sister getting married. Baby girl, you know, she knows. We're in church, we're taking pictures, Abby. I enter the car, four hours straight to Enugu. Why? I have to answer, where are you? Including the day I was so upset with my wife, I was angry with my wife. I said, I'm, I'm not in a good mood. I can't go and preach. I think I had called Okemut. He said, okay. I was about to call him or something. I won't be coming. And I, and I asked him, I said, so thank you. When the Lord now says, where are you? What are you going to say? I had only one answer. The woman thou givest me upset me that I cannot preach. You have become what? An accuser. So I said, hey, please excuse me. I, I anointed my face with oil, like Jesus said, and I came to teach. Why? Because I'm telling people something. God is going to ask you, where are you? You will not ever be justified to tell him, I went looking for bread. Because he will tell you, did I not say to you, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. That is, he does not accept the pursuit of bread as justification for living where he kept you. You can change jobs, it is okay. But know why you are changing. You can change cities, it is okay. But know why you are changing. That, like I quoted the other day, I think let me read it again. Derek Prince, talking about the plan of God. He said, until you have found your place, you will, never be, you will never be a totally fulfilled Christian. God has a place for each one of us. He has a place of employment or service. He has a place in the body of Christ for you. He also has a geographical place. It is not the same, I quoted it last time. It is not the same for you whether you live if you live just anywhere, whether you live in Hawaii or, of course, this is American city he was talking about, or California or New York, he said God has a specific place for every one of us. He said in Proverbs, the Bible says, a person who is out of his place is like a bird that strays from his nest. It is a pitiful sight. I'm quoting the reference verbatim. That is how it is to be out of your place. If what I went on to say, I've counseled many people and I've had to tell them that one of your problems is that you are not in the right geographical place until, he said, you will never really flourish until you find that place. I said to you, was it on Tuesday? Or which day I said it? Or was it here last time? That listen, just asking that question is more than half of the answer already. That is knowing it in your heart. Knowing that there is a place, but we're talking about bread. God says, listen, you don't identify the place because of bread. Mm. 
God is a God of abundance, but he does not want ever that bread is the reason why his children are running up and down. This miracle, Jesus emphasized it. He personally referred to it, telling his children, don't let money drive you up and down. If you look in your bank account, you don't see a lot of money there. Don't, listen to this. Don't even revise your prayer point. Did you hear what I said? Don't revise your prayer point. What do I mean by your prayer point? Let us assume now, just as an illustration, okay? Kingdom World Ministries. Okay, we want to build a Kingdom World Media Center. I have the way I think it should look like, the things we want to do inside there. You know, all this noise, environmental noise, my major issue, personally. You know, at the end of the day, maybe I sit down with people like Bishop. It's all right. Let's, let's brainstorm. This is what it should look like. We just do a sketch. And then, and I say, what will it cost to build something like this? Ah, in this kind of area that you're talking about, Pastor, it will need like four billion as an example. I'm not saying anything like that. I hope you get my point. Say, what did you say? Say, sir, ah, you said this and I said, I said I did. Before equipment, yet before adding other things. Yeah, you should drop like four. Say, don't worry. Now say, remove the top floor. <laughs> this is number of halls. We don't really need this cafeteria here. No, no. This, this elevator shaft would not be necessary. They start cutting it down, cutting it down. Why? You want to bring it to the amount of money that you can conceive. If you do that, you will have sinned against God. You know what God says? Let us assume you're able to get it after maybe months of thinking and planning and meditating and praying. But when you came out with that sketch, he said, leave the sketch there. Are you the one that will do it? So just leave it there. Close the file. Leave it. Stop staring at it. Go back to your work. But never revise down what you expect God to do in your life. If you must change it, it must be for a higher level. You know, the, one thing, look, it's, not, it's free. Are they charging you for it? It's not sketch. It's not paper. Paper is expensive now, but you can get for 200 naira. you have enough paper to sketch that. Abi? Uh-huh. Catch this man too. You and Bishop, two of you sit down. Akilusef. Oh, that baby architect. Where is he? Okay, so on the other side. All of you sit down, you know, just sketch, put everything, anything you have seen, the walls that people use for things like that, put it inside. Then when you finish, put the file and keep it. <laughs> one of my friends said, something happened one day. We went there to his place. So someone would just say, like, ah, oh boy. If you want to do this, this, and this, and this, and this in this place here, what do you, how much do you think it will cost? We're just thinking, of, let's see what, whether we can do it. You know, that kind of thing. You just say, hey, you, bring that file. <laughs> they brought the file. Just get the figure. Ah, in my mind, were you thinking about it before? I don't know whether, I, you know, I don't know whether you're getting my point. You go to, like, a church and say, ah, let's see what we can do to help this church. And I said, if you wanted to do like, like this, the man just brought a file. Said this is a cost. He didn't have the money. But he had checked it and kept it in the file. So the brethren just immediately looked at each other and quickly gathered the money and paid. He didn't save a dime for it. He didn't. He just looked at this thing should be done. If we were about to do it, just to somebody, go and check for me how much it cost. They gave it to you, put it in the file and kept it somewhere. Then some brother came one day and was looking and said, wow, this would be nice. Ah, well, he just gave them the, 
This is the cost. They rallied down together immediately, brought out money, and paid. And that taught me a lesson. He didn't save a dime. He didn't sweat his head. Yet when the time came, God supplied the need. So God is saying, listen, don't revise anything down. Keep it in that file and do what? If you must change it, it's in one direction. Up. And he emphasized, which one I'm teaching this morning. In fact, I'm watching my time. I need to quickly get to something. All right? What are you supposed to do about it? I wrote, you know, I don't often have steps. So Pastor Maggie, you, I, I don't know. Five keys, key number one, then you do this. It's only occasionally I will tell you, one, two, three, four. It's as I'm reading scripture, I just find it. So when I was reading this one, I found this one also. And for that reason, we'll go to Mark chapter 6. And then we'll go to that from verse 34. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. I'm going to start reading from around verse 34. Of course, it's something that we know. It's just the story of how he multiplied bread. He said, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd. Of course, the people had run down. They knew where he was going, so they ran and got ahead, there ahead of them. He came by boat, but they took a land route. He saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them, because they were like sheep without shepherd, without a shepherd. And he began to, he began to teach them many things. When it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and it is already quite late. Send them away so they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You will give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? That he is talking about a million naira worth of bread. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? They said, five. And two fish. He told them to go and look. He commanded all to sit down by groups on the green grass. They sat in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up toward heaven. Please notice the steps. One, they sat down in groups. They took what he had in his hands, looked up towards heaven. He blessed the food and broke the loaves and kept giving them to the disciples to set before them. He did the same thing with the fish. He divided up the two fish in the same manner, I believe, among them all. In verse 42, he said, they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. There were 5,000 men, that is not counting women and children, who ate the loaves. Now, please notice that. Then again, go to Mark chapter 8, where we were before. And then we'll read from verse 1. Please notice a number of things. I was highlighting them as I was going on. He said, in those days, when there was again a large crowd, and they had nothing to eat. Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from a great distance. Again, disciples came up. Where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? Maybe they had money this time around. In the first time, they didn't have money. Now they had 
Now, buying the bread was not the issue. Again, he, asked, he was asking them, how many loaves do you have? Please notice that. He asked the question, how many loaves do you have? And they said to him, what? Seven. Seven. Again, he directed the people to sit down on the ground. Take it easy. And taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them and started giving them to his disciples to serve them. And they, and they served them to the people. They also had a few fish. And after he had blessed them, he ordered these to be served as well. And they ate and were satisfied. And they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. This time around, there were about 4,000 men. Because if you read them, Matthew, he emphasized the fact that there were men. Again, he was counting. And he sent them away. Now, let me just quickly notice something. Uh, 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 point out something. Why did they keep on gathering the remnant? It's simple. John chapter 6. Don't open to it. Don't open it. So save time. He, it was because he said to them, gather up the leftover fragments. Let nothing be wasted. Now, just for emphasis, for you to understand, God hates waste. What did I say? One of the ways you prove your faithfulness to him is you minimize waste in your life. Don't waste time. Don't waste food. Did you hear what I said? Before you throw food away, repent. If food spoils in your hand, get on your knees and tell the Lord you are sorry. I did not know we'll be only two eating. I cooked for three. I've kept it now. There's nobody coming to eat it. If you habitually waste, one day God will send you into lack. Abundance is not an excuse for waste. Jesus has said it, let nothing be wasted. The problem on this earth is distribution without waste. And one of the problems we have actually in Africa is that we waste a lot as a result of the spirit of poverty. You say, what do you mean? We have to make a lot somewhere. We can't transport it down to where it is needed before it spoils. So one of the things you do, you find as we, of course, we talked about it last time, it's a blessing. To help a society be blessed is to, learn, to help them manage waste. So you go there to where the tomato is being produced. You build a processing plant. Sometimes your money, it will be easier to go and buy the tomato from China. God says, no, put that money in the processing plant because I hate the waste I see from you guys all the time. You, the way we spend money as Christians is it, 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 interesting. Why are you spending this money? It is, there's too much waste. I need to recycle. God doesn't like waste. Bear that in mind. So, why were they guarding the remnants? It's simple. Jesus said, do. What did they do with it? I suspect. They shared it amongst people. Okay, your next meal, use this. Or they took it from people who were not there, who also needed to eat. No detail was given us, but just note something. He hated what? Waste. waste. Now, number of points here to walk in divine abundance. By faith. Remember, we are choosing the realm we're walking. That's where I began from. What's the realm we're trying to walk in? The realm of the miraculous. The realm of faith. The realm in which God feeds 5,000 with food that just enough for the disciples alone. The realm in which you do great things. When you start, you don't have enough money. 
Jesus said, whoever, who is it that wants to play, you know, build a, this thing that does not first count the cost? But for you, the cost is faith. That's where I'm going. I start by faith. I do it by faith. Now, be, now, listen to this. Doing it by faith doesn't mean I'm just careless. It means I have a working plan with God. Which does not make sense to the normal human being. Part of doing things by faith, this will surprise many people, is that I learn to manage costs so as to get maximal, no, how do I say it now? Resolve, thank you, out of minimal financial impute. I have little, but God gives me wisdom. It will appear as, as if I have plenty. There are many ways by which God multiplies. I hope you're getting my point. But these are the principles I want us to be, notice from here. Number one. Now, I may not follow that particular order, all right? But let me just you know, take it one by one. That is, the way we read it, I may switch the order slightly because I want to lay emphasis on different things. Number one, thanksgiving. You want to walk in divine abundance, you must be a thankful person. Was it on Tuesdays I said it here? That if you talk about the iniquity of a people, having lived in eastern Nigeria for a long time, I've heard prophetic mandate people come to town to tell us what the problem of evil man is. I listened to them. I said, you didn't speak by the spirit. You spoke by political ambition. You know, people do that. You sat down with IPOB and Masop. Yeah. And many angry people. And you feel like this is, but because you're a pastor, you have to give it a spiritual coloring. So you gather people to teach them Masop agenda using spiritual tactics. Let me just warn you. God will judge people, though. See, let me tell you something here. Eh? When we say we are church, we are church. Oh. You know what the church means? We are different from the guy next door. We take our instructions from above. We take our understanding from the realm of the spirit. I am speaking by the spirit of God. You want to know, now that's not the only one, there are other ones, but the one that's key at this moment in the history of this nation and this region is ingratitude. That is iniquity. I will not go into details about it. But on Tuesday, it took me a while to tide, but I believe I was speaking by the Spirit of God, so I'm saying it again boldly. When your neighbor wants to start complaining, how an Igbo man has not been present in the last 50 years, tell him, stop complaining. An Igbo man has been your governor. Yeah? Even from the days of military. Just focus on that. Your local government chairman has always come from your local government. Let's take it step by step. Your senators have always come from the central district. And you have had one minister per state minimum in every government. I've noticed a lot of people who stir up strife and dissent. What they keep on focusing your eyes on is what you don't have. What you have been denied. Do you know I sat in a shop years ago, mechanic workshop. And I heard two men who came to fix their... No, they were just nearby talking. I said, God, why are human beings like this? He said, do you know? An evil man has never been minister for works. Do you know? I didn't know they checked tribes. And for, 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 I didn't know I was shocked. Now, you want to know the truth? That is Satan. That's how Satan behaves. That is, that's how Satan behaves. He keeps pointing your eyes to the one your wife has not done. That is why I said it on Tuesday. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you. You know, you know the song. It will surprise you 
what the Lord has done. If you are not one that's full of thanksgiving, you can never walk in divine abundance. You walk to your office, first thing is that, I know what my miss in America are earning. God said, I wish, I wish you will. see, broke is your portion. I know my friends, look, my friend, that this same job I'm doing here now, if I did it in Lagos, eh, I know how much you will be paying. Because you see, I'm, I'm counting. You've said this thing five times now. You have five more times to say it. After that, I remove the job and you won't get it. See, all the skill in your hand, nobody will hire you. You know, I keep on telling people, don't annoy God. Though. What are you supposed to do? As you approach that work, Father God, I thank you. I have a place to go in the morning. I thank you that somebody is being blessed by my life. I thank you because my skill is impacting somebody. There's an impact I'm having in this life. Lord, I want to thank you for that. Focus on the thanksgiving. They pay salaries. Say, Lord, though, fuel price has gone up. This money has not gone up. I don't know what's going on in this country. You know, there's there's something I hear once in a while. I say, mm, God will help us prepare this country. They say it with the sense of what? Doom and gloom. Not with, with despair, that's the word. Not with hope. There's a way you will say, this country go good. We know you are speaking out of what? Hope. Born out of faith. But some will just utter, ah, you know, say they've given up. There's prudence. You see it in their voice. God say, no, when they pay that salary, you know what you should do? Lord, I thank you. Now, can I just say something? Don't just say, I thank you. I'm going to eat the money all by yourself. Say, I thank you. You're going to church on Sunday. Take an offering with you. Don't say that thank you by mouth. Alone. Say the thank you. Take a small portion of it. And when they say, Abraham's blessings are mine, drop it in an offering basket. I hope you're getting my point. Help somebody in need. Share, you know, I don't know, I don't have, let me see how much time I have. I, don't worry. See, let me tell you something. There's no way you are going. It's not December. December, you won't come here for a whole month. So let me finish what I'm saying. Please, nobody should come and harass me with I've been here for so long. Even Judah that's planning to get married next week, he, he, he's still sitting down patiently. Where's Lovett? Lovett is just looking nicer and nicer towards the perfect day. I hope you're getting my point. The shine, it is called the, the path of the just, like the light of Bride, the bride. <laughs> the Lord is good. So all of you see that. Let me preach my message. After one, we'll close now. Now downstairs, you go did the test story. 12 o'clock, the cars will still be there. So everybody, cool your temper, amen? Uh, calm down. All right? The Lord is good. Uh, what was I saying? Yes. One of the signs of faith is generosity. One of the signs of faith is readiness to share. One of the signs of faith is that you don't eat your money all by yourself. One of the signs you are believing God to supply your needs is that you are helping supply other needs. It's important. So first, thanksgiving. To walk in divine abundance, thanksgiving must never depart from your lips. Please, God hates grumbling. God hates murmuring. Murmurers feel justified. Yes, indeed, that guy was the worst student in your class. You were the best. Right now, he's earning 20 times what you are earning. And he's driving what you can only dream of. If you say that to God, he will be angry. God said, what do you want me to do? To bring him down 
and take you up? Is that what they're asking for? Have you not read it before that the race is not to the swift? The battle is not to the strong? Favor is not to the mighty? Nor bread to men of understanding? See, look, chance, time happens. That's what Solomon has said. So leave that thing. Being the best doesn't mean anything. People say things like, you know, sometimes we we'll quote scripture and argue against scripture. According to, um, what is his name? Uh, Jordan Peterson. We argue against our own epistemology. That English is big, but I mean, you heard it now. That will say that, eh, is this people that failed out of school? They're the ones that are governors now. God said, it's in the scriptures. No, that he says upon it, the lowliest of men. So why are you arguing? He said, our former president did not have a secondary school certificate. God said, it's in the scriptures. The people you think least of are the ones that will make the governors and the rulers. Hey, look at this one. He's not a senator. Hey. This boy that was down our street, that he was the one man in the shop at that junction. God said, you've just confirmed scriptures. He said, but when I do it for you, it's not testimony you give. When I give it for somebody else, now what do you do? You grumble, you complain. But if it's you I did it for, and I say, praise God, brethren, I want you to thank God with me. On our street, that first shop at that junction, I was the one man in it. Before I joined the Labour Party, and the obedient movement made me a senator. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You collect a jeep, and I'll be thanking God for your life. Now, God does it for somebody else. He wants to kill heaven with grumbling. Say, God, that guy didn't tight as much as I tightened. God said, that's why your own case is tight. <laughs> this complaint I'm hearing from you is why your case is tight. Please, point number one. Never grumble. What did I say? Never grumble. Never. Always be full of thanksgiving. No matter what, no matter how little it appears, be full of what? Thanksgiving. Another thing you will see there, Jesus commanded them to sit down and he told them to sit in groups of hundreds and fifties. What does that tell you? You'll see in a moment. And then after they sat down, you know, you know what Jesus did not do? He did not put the bread in a bowl, cover it, and open it, and bread was plenty. You know the magic style. What did he do? He took the bread and began to break it. You know what that meant? He was, no, he was giving bit by bit. The first group, he would break and break and break and give them. The next group, there's enough to give them again. You know what God is saying? Put your life in order. Learn to serve your priorities with the money he has given you first. There's a key in it. I don't know whether I have time to teach it. Look, and from my life experience, I've, I've found it. There's something Pastor Corey taught as a testimony. I've seen again and again. See, when he started the ministry, he went to Sokoto, pioneered a church. After some time, he came down. He got married. The way God arranged it, he didn't have paid employment. Neither did his wife. Okay? The church was small. They were just starting. Now, if you know him being a very responsible man, a first son in his house, he knew he had responsibilities. He said God gave him one wisdom. And it's part of what is here. That if you manage wasting your life, you'll be amazed at what God has given you. So one of the things he noticed was that people used to give me a lot of little, little gifts that didn't amount to 
how do I say it now? Not much financial cash-wise. No, was he supply, supplying a lot of his own needs? Let me give you an example. Now, it's Christmas time. Everybody gives me a bottle of wine. How many bottles of wine is he going to drink? He said, but you know what he noticed? He kept the stuff there. And then when it was time, he just kept on piling it up. Oh, oh, you're welcome. You just got married. You give somebody bring a gift. He said, he noticed that some things were piling up. What you and I would call provisions. So he piled them there. When it was giving time, he wrapped all of them. Somebody is traveling. He said, you're going to see my uncle. Give him this. Inside will be maybe two bottles of wine, this and that. And the person will say, ah, he remembered me. Next he gets a phone call, blessing him. When you get home, tell my dad this. He will package wine, package gifts. Almost everything he's packaging were given to him. I hope you're getting my point. In fact, I wish I, there was, when he first shared that thing at Lokaf, I wanted to bring the tape message and share it around here. I want people to listen to it. He said he noticed that many times God will supply, but people will waste it because they don't think much of it. You know what I found out? God made those people sit down. Jesus said, sit down groups by group. Now, group by group. Groups of 100, groups of 50s. And then he was breaking the bread one at a time. Listen, when you will start some of the things God will do in your life, the money won't be complete there. The season will come. Maybe, let's take a house. We want to build a house. God will say, okay, good. I have given enough money to do the foundation. If you are waiting for the money to be complete, it will never be complete. If you want to bank this amount of money, it will never be complete. But when the season is right, say, you have money for foundation, then go and do it. As it's finishing, I will send money. What's the next thing you will do? Is it DPC? Okay. You do the DPC. You will have thought there was no money. But something will just happen, I will send money for DPC. Before you vacate the men from the site, what's the next thing? Huh? Super... No, no, the whole thing is superstructure now. That, that's one before the, the, that block work. Is it form work, you call it? Yeah, exactly. Next thing, I'll send money for forming. Then you look, after some time, the whole thing is complete. And you will, look, you will now look and say, who begat me all of this? Now, listen to what I want to say. You didn't get there by wise planning. You got there by manifestation of the Spirit. We told you, take it step by step. But unbelief we say, let's see how much we need completely. It must be ready before we start. God says, no. I'm giving you the principle of the loaves. Break this thing into pieces. Each level, you will have enough faith to carry it per time. I hope you're getting my point. Let me rush. We may go over this again next time. Let me just rush over the rest. Okay, I think I actually have explained, so maybe next time we'll just um, put it together in summary. Okay, I think I can finish it now. In the process, I've said it at the beginning, pay attention to waste. Pay attention to what? Waste. Avoid waste. Avoid wasting time. One of the ways people waste things is to spend money on what is not priority. Let me explain what I say. Now, let's, let me give you a practical tip about life, then we'll go. Never save money for luxuries. Yota. What did I say? Never. This is Nigeria. We buy our phones cash. In America, you go to a carrier, they give you a phone, you'll be paying them monthly. So let's leave that. We don't get that much in Nigeria, okay? So let's look at the way Nigeria is. 
So I'll tell you in Nigeria, stop buying a phone that you'll be paying small, small for a long time. You know what it means? You can't afford it. Yeah, that's what it means. So what should I do? Buy the one you can afford. It's smaller. What are, what are you looking for in your phone? Is it not to... These days, there are some fun, basic functions. They all have it. First, phone calls and text, text messages. Next, WhatsApp. Is that not so? They can play messages. It doesn't have to have your Bible. Your Bible, you can carry paper, but they all can carry your Bible. I hope you're getting my point. That's okay. You are not a professional photographer. You don't need to go and buy a phone that has six cameras with AI. Which is where half of the money we pay for expensive phones is. That's where they go. Leave that out. If it's 1.2 megapixels, buy it. Hey, what are you photographing? Get off Instagram. What are you doing there? Unless you want to photograph the clothes you are selling or the food you are cooking. In which case, you can borrow your friend's own to do the photo shoot, then transfer to your own and upload it. Is that not so? One of the ways by, people, by which people waste is they start getting involved in luxuries. Luxuries are not bad, but luxuries are things that you do from excess. I hope you're getting my point. What does luxuries are? You do from excess. You can't get up in the morning and say, I have worked this year. I want to go and rest in London. It's okay if you don't have to think about the money. If you have to buy that ticket without paying and pay the ticket for six months, it must be something that's part of your business. Otherwise, go to your village. Use small part of the money to buy a generator. I hope I do my point. When they take light, put it on. You will sleep well with fresh breeze, no smoke. I mean, no vehicle smoke. You will sleep well. You don't even have to pay for a hotel. You have some friends that have a guest room that they don't mind you sleeping in. Nobody sleep, you won't sleep. I found that one of the ways people waste you know, you, is when you start buying luxuries when you can't afford them. That's just my own practical tip. I've said, if you, if you buy perfume or credit, you're paying small, small. Thunder break the bottle in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. May the thunder of God may break that bottle in Jesus' name. Amen. You buy television, you're paying small, small. Six months after, where do you think you are? Does it look like America to you? What is on television these days? Nothing. Everything's on your phone. I'm not saying television is bad, though. If, God, if I like, if God says, if the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I can go and buy a 72. <laughs> now, for information, the Holy Spirit has, hardly says things like that, okay? It's money that says it. Is that, do you get my point? What's the point I've made there? One way I find that people waste a lot. Now, let me just quickly add another thing to you. Anything you want to use in this life, that if they remove the label, you won't feel complete. It's of the devil. Did you hear what I said? Anything that they need to use, the labor must remain attached for you to feel good. Then you are, you, Satan has deceived you. Names can be used to identify quality. I hope you're getting my point. I'm not saying it's wrong. But it must never be something you need to show off. Fini- remove the label and be going. If you don't feel comfortable with it, then you have bought something that you are not supposed to have bought. A lot of the abundance God sends to people's lives, you know what they do with it? They waste it. Their life is not set in groups of hundreds and of fifties for them to know which one should come first. See, you know the truth? For many people, God has sent a lot of things to them. I mean, do I need to tell you Ashabi is no priority? Ask your friend. I'm looking at Israel and love it. If they come and bring Ashabi and you can't afford 
Let me tell you something you do. You say, love God bless. No, I love you. You are my sister. I don't have money for you. What is the color? Identify the color and where to go there. Then the money for that should be shared into three and give her one third as your contribution towards the wedding. It's not better. Some people, their own should be, hey, God, and please stop befriending people that put you under pressure. Say, I should be for my fa- grandfather's bed as 100,000 naira, and the person say your friend. <laughs> one day when I was in Lagos, I finished my message, let me just give you a small gist. There's a lady that used to sell clothes. We used to buy clothes from. You know the day I stopped buying clothes from her? You know what she did? She came to the office one day. Gave, I still remember. Ash-colored pair of trousers. And said, Banky, that I should buy trousers. I should deliver the seal on it. Oh. Deliver the seal on it. You know these labels? Now, later on, we started doing those. We realized that all of them are why you. Original label that tells that this thing is $200. We they probably bought for on sale for $35. She showed us the lesson on it. That's why she shows me. I, I still remember her name. But let me just put another name for her. Let's just call her Auntie Ada. Because of my senior age. I said, Auntie Ada. I said, if I was your youngest brother, your younger brother, and I came home with this pair of trousers, what would you say? That's what I told her. I said, what would you say? That I went to work, that one of my colleagues said she's selling trousers and she gave me trousers that one whole month's salary cannot pay for. And I bought it and I'm paying her bit by bit. I said, what will you say to me as your younger brother? That's how, I, that's how I was 10 I was when I talked to her. I said, what will you say to me as your younger brother? She said, it's true, Sha, it's true. I never bought anything from her after that day because she was too wicked for my soul. I said, you're a wicked soul. When my wife used to say clothes those days, there are people... Look, you just tell the man, say, no, this suit is, I'm saying to your manager, not you. They will be arguing with her. He say, no, now. I'm sending this to your manager because the person talking is a security man. Why do you want to buy a suit that your manager is wearing? Are you okay? <laughs> she refused. Say, like, I'm not degree. Madam, I can't pay. Leave it. Tomorrow now, you and your wife will be fighting at home because of me. Because my money, you must pay it. I'm not begging you. No, she'll tell me flat. She want to buy perfume, you look. <laughs> well, I know your salary. This perfume is a alabaster box. <laughs> it's pure nerd. <laughs> it's 300 danaira. Oh boy, you are the type any one danaira a day. I'm not selling to you. Let me give to men who sneeze and 500 danaira will come out. <laughs> Listen, one way, I'll end it here. One way by which people waste, I found out, is when they don't prioritize their lives. There are things that God said, don't pay for now. They start paying for. They say, buy land, it is going up. God said, if I see you near there, your landlord will eject you, and it will be by my spirit. They are pricing land, carry your, put it upstairs. Say, you won't buy land, this world is not my home. Just be going... (laughs) Say right now, believe me for good rent. Believe me for rent. I will send you rent money. I will give you a decent landlord. If they are selling land, don't, if you price it, if you price it. You know, some weekend bankers will not come to you. They say, let's structure it for you. For information, you are paying for the structure. Every structure they build is higher interest rate. And all they care about 
is their own, what do they call it? No, the person selling it to you, how much he sold. A target, that's the word I'm looking for. All they care about is their target. All they care, I get meals all the time. Get this device for as low as this. I delete the meal. I don't want. When banker is offering you device for as low as this. If you buy it, just know, look, Satan is on your case. Let me tell you how to get phone if you can't afford an expensive one. Go to a church where brethren know how to share. So that your phone, when you want to buy an, oh, a new one, the Lord said you should give it to me. If the Lord says so, yes, it's in the Bible. Anything that's in the Bible, isn't the Lord that said it? I'll, let me just some, I'll finish my message. You know what I like about suits? They, they don't spoil too much. So if you have worn a suit for some time, somebody has worn it for some time, you can collect it and wear your own portion. I hope you're getting my point. It's called the principle of what? Some people, you know, they're pride in their lives. Somebody else has worn the suit. The car you are driving, somebody didn't drive it. Some cars you are driving is fourth hand. The first hand was in America. Second hand was in America. Third hand, it reached Lagos. Fourth hand, it can't reach Enugu. By the fifth hand, it reached Okunano, where you did stay. <laughs> and you still bought it and did Thanksgiving. The hotel, you know, my wife has one funny habit. She enters hotel room. She'll come from home with towel. I said, so hard. We are paying for this hotel. He said, somebody else has used the towel. He said, it's not your fault. Me, I don't care. Once I hold the towel, it smells fresh from laundry. Don't you use it? So when I want to harass my wife, I said, the bed sheet, (laughs) why didn't you bring bed sheets from your house? She has no faith. <laughs> you carry Beshi to hotel room. You, 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 you. Next, you go bring mattress. That means, go and buy a vehicle that has big back. We are checking into a plane, checking your mattress. You are not serious. You go hotel, you carry your own bedsheet. You know, they're serious at all. I mean, you need to drive out unbelief from your wife's life. What kind of thing is that? <laughs> The point I'm making is that, listen, if you can sleep on a bed sheet that they washed, do you get my point? In a hotel, because, okay, let's leave hotel. When you visit your friend, uncle, you, you, you carry bed sheet to your, to, to, to your sister's house. No, serious. All these things are problems in the mind. What am I trying to say? Some people go on to supply their need. He said, but I'm not giving you that cloth brand new. That brother in church will give you that suit he used to wear. And if you don't collect it, I'll leave you naked. Why? It is pride I want to first strip out of your life. Let me end it there. Remember, four things I brought out. Number one, thanksgiving. Number two, put order. Put order. Put order. Number three, Handle it bit by bit. Jesus was breaking bread and serving one at a time. Before the next person will come, the bread has grown back. I hope you're getting my point. And last of all, don't waste. Manage waste so that you are not a wasteful person. Sometimes what you have is too abundant for you. God said it is time to give to somebody else who's in need. But let there be what? No waste. If you're organizing a party, and you've cooked plenty of food. You know what it means? Invite enough people. I hope you're getting my point.
I hope you learned something from me this morning. Let's bow down our heads and thank God for the God of abundance supplies. Let's thank God for the God of abundance supplies. In the name of Jesus, this morning he's going to give somebody a bigger house. He's giving somebody a car. I wanted to claim it too. He's giving somebody a car. He'll give you a car so you can drive your family about in comfort. He's a God of abundant supplies. He's bringing something good your way. He's bringing something to help you. Yes, I want you to claim it from him. You must claim it from him this morning. Because a man shall not live by bread alone. What you have in your account is not what I'm going to use to supply your need. I will give you a car that your money needs to be ten times the amount to be able to buy it. Yes, but you are going to have it. You are going to have it. Yes, I'm prophesying for somebody. Don't worry. Jesus said, what do you have? They said, we have only five, five loaves. He said, fine, bring it. That's what he's saying. Just bring it. Don't waste it. Keep it. And you are, the time will come, I'll tell you to bring it. It's going to bring you something far greater. Now, this is a prophetic word. Though. It's a prophetic word. I'm not making sense. I'm making prophecy. I'm not making sense. I'm making the power of God. I'm not making sense. I'm telling you what God will do. It's a season for you of the multiplication of loaves. It's a season for you of the multiplication of loaves. Yes, it's a season for you of the multiplication of bread. The little you thought you had is about to bring abundance. Now, somebody listen to this. With 25,000 naira, you are going to get the result of a millionaire. I say it again, it's 25,000 you have. But what you need to get done is about a million. Now, God says, I will bring the opportunity for you to spend 25,000 and you'll get a millionaire result. Amen. Give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Because, look, just claim it, claim it. Say, Lord, I receive it in the name of Jesus. The power of God in my life. The power of God in my life. The power of God in my life. Oh, no, my message is not done. God says, I don't want to be limited by what you have. That has been my problem. Your eyes have been upon what you have, not what I can do. I don't want to be limited by what you have. Lift up your head to heaven. Jesus looked up and gave thanks. You have to notice that in that scripture. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he gave thanks. That is, said, Lord, I'm not looking at the bread in my hands. I'm looking at the God of all supplies. That's what the Lord is saying. See, there are many things people don't have in this house who are listening to me. God said, it is not because I'm not able to provide. Because their eyes have not been on me. They've been waiting for the time they will increase. When I start earning this amount of money, then I'll be able to live in this kind of house. When I start living this amount of money, then I'll buy this kind of car. God said, but the answer is that now I will supply it to you. Now I will supply supply to you. Now I will supply it to you. Now I will supply it. Take your eyes away from the bread. Look to heaven. I want somebody listening to me this morning. Take your eyes away from your bread and look, just lift, literally lift up that head. Look up and say, Lord, I'm not looking at my bank account. I'm looking at you. I'm asking you to do this. These are the things I did at this season. There's a multitude under me that needs to eat bread. Sorry for the time I've kept my eyes on my bank account. Lord, I am sorry. Oh, Lord, give me wisdom to prioritize the things that should come first. Give me wisdom, but I know you are supplying. Now my eyes are on you. My eyes are not on the bread. I have taken the bread, I brought it. But then Jesus lifted up his head to heaven and he gave thanks. He gave thanks. It was not even the bread he was blessing. It was God he was giving thanks to. 
He was saying, God, the one that makes bread, the one that is bigger than bread. He said, not by bread alone shall a man live, but by the prophetic word, by the commanding word from the mouth of God. On the, by the spirit of God, I command supply to somebody's life today yeah. in the name of Jesus. Receive abundant supplies. Yeah. Brother, I can't go yet. No. Enough of limiting God in your life. Enough of limiting God in your life. Enough of limiting God in your life. Oh, I feel the spirit of God saying through me this morning. That what has hindered many people is that they've been waiting for when I will change their job before I can bless them. But I said that job, I don't plan to change it. Now, they've limited themselves. Say, look, this is all this salary is paying. Therefore, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. It has been unto them according to their faith. Such people repent now. Repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I have made, that's a, many people are hunting up and down looking for jobs. They're not looking for God. Please go and get the message I preached last Tuesday. God said, what do you want me to do for you? You've been asking him for a new job. Meanwhile, you like the one you are doing currently, or you like it. But you feel like if this job does not pay me ten times this amount, I can't do this. God said, why don't you just ask me to do it for you? How else will you have a story to tell? Are you going to live through this life and I never did anything miraculous in your life? Must I change your job first? Must I change your job first? And I'm saying to you, no. I'm saying to you, no. Consider the miracle of the loaves. There were 5,000 men, then added to women and children. With five loaves and two fish, I fed them. That is the message for this season. The law of abundance, the law of faith. It's a law of faith. It's a law of faith. It's the law of faith. Many people have abandoned the place where I kept them because they went to look for bread to supply their needs. And I've come there and said, where are you? I brought a miracle to them. They were not there. I brought open doors to them. They were not there. Why? They had gone to look for bread because they thought only by bread shall man live. The Spirit of God is saying this morning, it's time to repent of limiting God. Please get that Tuesday's message. This last Tuesday, in which the Lord said to us expressly here. That day I didn't come, I wanted to preach on divine health. I thought I was not done. I wanted to read scriptures on health. But as I stood in that Luke chapter 18, and that blind man, Bartimaeus, Jesus looked at him, obviously blind. Yet he was asking him, what do you want me to do for you? Uh -uh. The Holy Spirit said that, my people are not asking me for things to do for them. They are going the wrong way, the long way, the long way. He needs a car. He said, Lord, change my job. He says, is he change your job you need or you need a car? He needs a bigger house. He said, Lord, change my, the city I'm living in. He says, is it? Ah, meanwhile, the job you have, you are blessing people. You like it. But the Holy Spirit has come this morning with a word. Because right there, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. Receive it by faith this morning. Receive it by faith. Give the Lord thanks because he has heard you and he has blessed you. Give the Lord thanks.